It hardly seems possible that just a week ago, <clears throat> our pilgrimage group from the parish was celebrating our Sunday Mass on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. We celebrated Mass at the place where Jesus met his disciples after his resurrection <clears throat> and asked Peter three times, Do you love me? It was a wonderful experience to be there, and like most pilgrimages, it had its uh, high points and its low points. And we learned something from both. And one of the difficult times reminds me uh, and connects with the gospel that we have this weekend. We were in uh, Beersheba, which is a town in southern Israel. And while we were there, it was the Jewish New Year. And this part of Israel is totally populated by the Jews. And we discovered that in their Jewish New Year, they observe the same regulations that they observe during the Sabbath. And of course, during the Sabbath, they're not allowed to travel. So we arrived at the hotel around five o'clock in the evening, hot and weary from our day's journey, and the air conditioning on the bus had broken down. Uh, and <clears throat> we were eager to get into our rooms. And the hotel management said, well, I'm sorry, it's the Sabbath and all of the people in the hotel are Jewish and they will not be able to travel until sundown. I said, well, what does that mean? Well, that means that they're still in their rooms uh, and they will not be able to clear their rooms and check out until sundown uh, and then we'll have to clean the rooms and get them ready for you. Well, I was not happy. In fact, I was hot under my dog collar. But we had plans there to say, say Mass because in this part of Israel there's no Catholic churches. So we were going to say Mass in the hotel. And our guide had got a little Mass set together and unfortunately he did not pack the priest's host very well. So the priest's host was broken into little pieces. And so I said, this isn't good enough, we need to have some unleavened bread to celebrate and have the priest's host. And I thought, this is a Jewish hotel, no problem. We'll have some pita bread in the kitchen. We'll just get some pita bread, that's unleavened bread, and we can use that. So off he goes to the kitchen and comes back with a loaf of ordinary bread. So I can't use that. It has yeast in it. We have to have unleavened bread with no yeast. Don't they have a pita bread in this place? Chef says. And then I saw the funny side of it. See, I was getting mad because all those Jews had all those rules and regulations that they were imposing on us. And then I said, I guess we Catholics have some rules and regulations too. I had to use unleavened bread. Well then, Vincent Weaver, who was there with his family and his wife and five daughters, said, Father, um, Tabitha, our nine-year-old, Tabitha has some of her lunch left over and uh, it, it's a nice piece of pita bread. But what is that among so many? So we used the pita bread for our Mass, and part of the homily was pointing out that actually once before, somebody else used a child's lunch to feed everybody. And so we learned a beautiful lesson in trusting the Lord and relying on His
divine providence. We also connected with the gospel because in this weekend's gospel, we're presented with two different ways of following the Lord. One we can call the way of the world, and the second we can call the way of the child. And the way of the world is sometimes likened to be the way of ambition, the way of greed, the way of lust and power. But it's also doing things the way we think are common sense. Capital campaigns and stewardship plans and insurance policies and health and safety regulations and rules and regulations and regulations and rules so that we can get everything organized just so and set up. That too is the way of the world. And there's nothing wrong with those things. They're not sinful. But it's the human way of doing things. The verse in the Old Testament says, there is a way that seems right unto a man, but it's not God's way. And so we organize our church and we organize our lives and we organize our diocese and we organize our church and we use business consultants and we use insurance plans and stewardship plans and investment plans and we try to do the God's work in man's way. And God doesn't mind, but he'd like us to do it his way because it's far more exciting and it's far more abundant and it's far more full of faith. And his way is the way of the child, not the way of the world. In the gospel, you remember the disciples were arguing who would be greatest among them. They weren't just being ambitious in a vulgar way. I think they wanted to get the Lord's administration organized and wanted to get his cabinet organized. And you can be secretary of defense and you can be secretary of state and we'll get this thing all together doing things in man's way, the way of the world, instead of the way of the child. And that's why Jesus takes a child and puts them in in the midst of them. He takes a little one and says, look, unless you become like a little child, you cannot enter the kingdom. And whoever receives this child receives me and receives the one who sent me. And so he offers us the way of the child instead of the way of the world. And the way of the child is a way that is trusting, a way that is open-hearted, open-minded, full of curiosity, full of wonder, full of trust, ready to walk by faith and not by sight. How can I explain to you the difference between the way of the world and the way of the child? It's a story about Mother Teresa. You see, Mother Teresa was given a million dollars by a businessman. And she said, oh, praise the Lord, with this million dollars, I can open up ten more orphanages. And the businessman said, Mother, you don't understand. If you spend that million dollars, it's gone. Instead, you need to invest that million dollars And the interest from the million dollars will pay for the running costs of all of your orphanages. She smiled and she said, Oh, no, you don't understand. Because if I spend that million dollars, somebody else will give me ten million dollars. And then I'll be able to build even more orphanages. You see, that is the way of the child compared to the way of the world. 
And that is the way of living by faith and walking by faith, not by sight. It's not easy. A week ago we were on the Sea of Galilee and, and we saw the location where Jesus would have walked on the water and called Peter to step out of the boat and walk on the waves. That's walking by faith and not by sight. That's the way of the child, not the way of the world. And I would love our parish, our families, our school, our diocese, our church to learn bit by bit more and more what it means to live the way of the child, not the way of the world. Let me give you an example of how that is happening. And I see it right here in this beautiful new church we have. Because I'll tell you, when we came here 10 years ago, there was a lot of talk around Greenville, oh, OLR will never build that new church. But we were able to because very many people in this parish understand what it means to walk in the way of the child and not the way of the world. To be generous and open-hearted and giving and trusting and building something for the future. So I would like to share with you this evening something else that is happening in the parish which should be of interest to you. Two years ago after the church was dedicated I stood down in that lower parking lot with one of our parishioners and I looked across the street to the Economy Inn and I said you know what we need to do something about that. We need to do something about this community we're in to bring regeneration and renewal I said I would love to see that place reconditioned to be low-cost housing for people who are in need, who need a secure and a safe place to live. And I would love to see the property to the north of our campus, the empty lot and the former VA clinic, to be a Catholic assisted living center where we can care for the elderly in a fully Catholic and compassionate way. He said, I love that idea. I said, but you know what? I don't want to own it. I don't want to build it. I don't want to run it. And I really don't want to start a capital campaign to raise the money for it. Because I'm not doing that again. I said, what we're going to do, and I challenge you to do this, and he was all ears. I said, let's just pray. Let's walk the way of the child, not the way of the world. And let's just ask God to bring across our path the people who know how to buy property, develop property, build assisted living centers and run them. And let's not even talk about money. Let's just trust the Lord and pray. And do you know what? I have not told a lot of people in the parish about this because I know people say, Father's got another big idea. But I'm sharing it with you now that over the last two years we have seen the economy in condemned and closed we've seen people begin talking about buying it and redeveloping it the property here was purchased by Greenville Tech Charter High School they were going to build a high school here and they hired an urban planner at their own expense to plan a complete redevelopment program from Pickwick Pharmacy all the way down to I-85 they did that we didn't and then they changed their mind and they decided not to build a high school here but they gave us their development plan and then we began to talk with people who build rest homes and assisted living centers and they said we could do that and they said but what you need to do first of all is you need to buy the land 
Once you have the land, we can develop it for you. And I said, I'm not doing that. I'm not raising the money to buy that land. It'll have to come to us another way. So about three weeks ago, somebody else knocked on the parish office door. Father, I hear you have a vision for that property over there. I said, sure. Tell me about it. So I did. And he said, you know, my company does that. We put together financial plans and find investors to buy the land. And then we work with a company down in Texas that operates faith-based assisted living centers. Would you like to talk further? I said, sure, sure I would. And so that it's his company that has now put uh, a contract on that property. And so I'm asking you and letting you know about this way of the child as opposed to the way of the world. And asking you to remember this in your prayers. That in the, as the months and the years unfold here, that we will see this development. Which will help to renew the whole community. And that it will happen by other people coming as an answer to prayer and an act of faith in the way of the child, not through the way of the world. Of getting busy raising lots of money and having fundraising campaigns and all that stuff. And if you remember that in prayer and you watch, we will keep you posted as we see these prayers answered and see God provide for an even greater work here in this parish. The latest thing I would like to, the final thing I would like to say about this is that the way of the world hates the way of the child. The way of the world will do everything it can to delay and deflect and obstruct and defeat the way of the child. Because the way of the child is humble and the way of the world is proud. In fact, the way of the world is the way of the prince of this world, who is Satan. And he will destroy the way of the child as much as he can, because it is also the way of the lamb, the innocent one, the victim. So when the priest stands tonight at Mass and says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, maybe we can also hear him say, Behold the child of God who defeats the way of the world once and for all. Amen.